In the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit, one God, amen. Glory be to the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit, both now and ever and unto the ages of all ages, amen. I'm so excited to share um, something with you in, in today's sermon. You know, um, just as a brief reminder, um, the sermon during the liturgy now is like a 10 to 15 minute contemplation from my heart, um, from my life, uh, from my, uh, you know, uh, you know, hopefully the words of God spoken to you through me, but, um, but it's, uh, it's, you know, uh, it's, a sh it's a sound bite. Um, the talk we have downstairs is a 30 to 40 minute talk that takes about six to eight hours collectively of preparation. And so far I have a talk prep team, two other people who help me to do research and find examples. And so that a lot of more, um, a lot more goes into, goes into that. So this is a, a, sh a short sound bite to you from my heart. Okay, in the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit, one God, amen. One of the most useful things I have learned in spiritual life in the last um, five years, okay, it certainly would rank in the top five, is this, is what is the fear of God? I remember three Lents ago, like Lent, what are we now, 2018, so 2015 maybe or something, 2016, I had devoted the whole fast to developing the fear of God because when you read in the book of Proverbs and in, and in Ecclesiastes and in all the books of wisdom, it says that and the beginning of wisdom is the fear of God and the fear of God is the beginning of wisdom. And this fear of God business seems so elusive, like I have no idea what this fear of God is. So usually in preparation for any fast, I try to pick a, you know, a virtue I wish to develop, a vice I wish to get rid myself of, or I wish God to rescue me from. And then I collect books and sermons and DVDs and tape and whatever audio stuff and blogs and articles and everything I can on that topic. And then during the fast, I try to devote a concentrated amount every day to, to reading and learning and praying to develop this virtue. So at the end of the fast, I have something to offer Christ. And I've shared this all with you, this sort of like, you know, goal-directed, purposeful fasting rather than just like a diet change, right? So I tried to do this for the fear of God, right? And what did I found? I found one book. That's all I found. That was like 80 pages. And it was unfortunately not very well written and Quite frankly, I flipped through it and I felt like this isn't going to help me much and indeed it didn't. So I looked for sermons. I looked for every... I couldn't find anything. I couldn't find anything. Finally, towards the end of the fast, a friend of mine sent me an hour and a half sermon by Father Matthew the Poor that was awesome. But I was grossly disappointed in my fast and I felt like the, the, the time of the greatest spiritual growth in the year I had wasted. About a year later, I did a series on anxiety downstairs in the, in the Sunday series. Um, and in reading on anxiety, I found there wasn't much to read on anxiety in the fathers, but there was a whole lot to read about fear. So I started reading about fear. And this, okay, this is the most useful thing. If you're going to zone out, like hang in there for the next like 30 seconds, okay? And then, and then allow yourself to sail off into never, never land until glory be to God forever and ever. Anxiety as defined or fear as defined, defined by the fathers is this. The, like the intense, 
displeasurable emotion or feeling associated with the apprehension or anticipation of the loss of something dear. So something dear, I might lose it, I'm terrible. That's what fear is. So fear of losing my job is like I'm worried I'm gonna lose my job, so I have this intense feeling that I might lose my job. Oh, and it feels terrible, and a loss of security, and a loss of my financial security, and how am I gonna pay this, how do I pay that, and how am I gonna find another job, and how there's a fear of losing a relationship, oh, like, but I love this person so much, and blah, 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 fear of, right, and so on, and you can apply that to anything, okay? You can apply it to God. Fear of God, is not fear like being terrified of somebody, like being terrified of a bully. Fear of God is the intense displeasurable feeling at the fear of the loss of God. But you're never gonna lose God because he's kind of omnipresent and all of those other good things. If you are baptized and chrismated in the Orthodox Church, we believe that you are sealed with the Holy Spirit. You are covered from the crown of your head to the soles of your feet. You are covered. Every last nook and cranny of you, every last inch, every last, every little bit of you is sealed with the Holy Spirit, covered with the Holy Spirit. And the gifts of God are irrevocable, says St. Paul in the book of Romans. So how could I have fear of God if I can't lose God. It's not so much losing God, you know. People sometimes, you know, uh, Bishop Callistus Ware is like, you know, jokingly sarcastic, says, you know, people come up to him and tell him, you know, I did a lot of searching and I finally found God. And he leans over to them and he says, I don't think God was ever lost. You know, maybe you were, you know, you know, not lost by anybody's definitions, just lost to your own, by your own definitions, lost in life, you know, uh, and you know, you think you found God, but maybe really, maybe really it's God who found you, but nonetheless, right, you know, I'm not going to lose him to find him, you know, like it's not like that. So what is it that I'm going to lose? Okay, have you ever had an experience in which a time in your life in which you felt God was more real to you than any other thing in the universe. Have you ever had a time in your life where you felt that God was more real to you than a parent or a sibling or a friend? Have you ever had a time in your life where you felt that if you asked God for anything in that moment, he would do it? Like if you asked God to make you know, a cheeseburger materialized in your open hands, it would be there. Like you have that confidence. Have you ever, have you ever had an experience of knowing that you are alone in a place, uh, in your room, in your car, in your wherever you are, but being certain that you are in the presence of someone else, that someone else is there with you? Have you ever had an inexplicable, completely inexplicable, I'm not saying like, you know, something happens which was, you know, like, like, uh, you know, has an obvious explanation and you attribute it to God, but something which is completely inexplic inexplicable happen in your life and make you realize that there's somebody out there who's, who's interested in you personally. I'm sharing with you the, the descriptions of a variety of different people that I've met that have awoken to God, have found God. 
What all of these people share in common, and myself as well, is that once I found, once I found this, I want to hold on to it like hand, tooth, and nail. You know, I want like hands and feet, like everything I've got, I want to hold on. And I, and when I'm in those moments, I don't want to talk, I don't want to breathe, I don't want, I don't want to move, I don't want, I don't want anything. Don't change anything, lest I lose God, lest I lose. You know what the word we're looking for is? My communion with God. I've, I've connected. There's been a connection and I don't lose it. In today's gospel, Jesus heals a man who is demon-possessed, blind, and mute. Like, man, this guy had it bad, right? Demon-possessed, blind, and mute, Jesus heals him. And they say, he casts out demons by Beelzebub, the ruler of the demons. Jesus answers them. But if you know the character of God, you know that Jesus didn't answer them to rebuke them or reproach them or put them down. Jesus is, is, is rebuke. He's actually trying to tell them, he's actually trying to tell them like, I know you just called me the worst ever demon in the whole wide world, but it's okay, you can call me whatever you want. Because it, you don't lose much calling me names. Call me names, it's okay. But if you blaspheme against the Holy Spirit, that's going to cause you trouble. That's the unforgivable sin. And we could talk all about that if we wanted to, but we're not going to. We find that the Spirit is mentioned twice in Jesus' answer to them. He says, if a house is divided it's against itself, it cannot stand. You heard the reading. I won't, I won't repeat it to you. But he says to them, he says to them that twice he mentions the Holy Spirit. Why? Because he wants to tell them, he wants to tell them this, be true to the Spirit of God dwelling inside of you. Be true to Him. Risk anything, okay? Kiss up to your boss or, or call your boss names. Do whatever. But don't, don't do anything to lose that communion with the Spirit of God inside of you. And then Jesus goes on to explain to us what happens if we do. He says a tree is known by its fruit. If the Spirit of God is dwelling inside of me, then naturally the things that come out of me are of the Spirit of God. You know what it's very much like? Earlier in the readings, in the introduction to the readings, I was mentioning that in all the ancient languages, the words air, spirit, breath are almost all, all the same. In, in Hebrew, they're all the same. In Greek, they have like one or two words, but they mostly use the word pneuma for, for, for all of those, right? For me to say words that you can hear, like Eheb, you're sitting in the back row there. Give us a wave, Eheb. There's Eheb, right? Eheb, can you hear me? Yeah. Why can you hear me? Okay, even without amplification, right? Here, I'll turn my microphone off. This is be terrible for the recording, but that doesn't matter. Eheb, can you hear me? Why can you hear me? Because my voice is projecting the whole way to the back row. What is my voice, Physic like, like physics, right? Like earlier on, I made everybody take a deep breath in and blow it out, right? What's coming out of my mouth? Words, yes, but from a physical perspective, from a physical perspective, what's coming out of my mouth is not just words, it's, it's breath. The breath that I took in is now coming out, right? It's not rocket science. If I hold my breath for long enough, I won't be able to speak. 
the breath that we take in, then we push it out with our diaphragm, it goes through our vocal cords, which vibrate, you know, and like the ENT surgeons in the back can tell us more all about that, right? And if they, our vocal cords vibrate and make different sounds, different pitches of sounds and so on, so that words can be discerned, so that messages can be communicated. But what is it? What is it that reaches you? The same breath that I took in comes out of me. So the same breath, the same spirit which I has, have taken in ought to be coming out of me. The spirit which I have received is living inside of me, should be coming out of me. And the second reading from the Catholic epistle, St. Peter was saying, don't be fooled. The scriptures are inspired by the Holy Spirit. And I said something which I hope was not offensive to anybody. I held up my Bible. The Bible is so precious to me. I've had it for over 20 years. It's been all over the world to me. It's been on every mission trip with me. It's been in street corners of the most derelict and destitute places in the whole wide world, preaching to people, bringing hope to them. This Bible has worked miracles. In the unction of the sick, at the very end, when we're about to anoint the sick person, we pray and we say to God, we say to him, and it is my hands, O Lord, that we lay upon the head of your beloved son, your beloved daughter, but the hand of your gospel. And in some uh, litur liturgical rites, we, they take the gospel itself and they put it on the head of the person. It is the hand of the living God on the person to heal them. This Bible has done wonders. This one, this copy, it's been rebound because it's been through so much, so, so much travel. But without the Spirit of God, it's just a dead letter. Forgive me. These aren't my words. These are the words, words of the fathers. It's the Spirit that gives it life. It's the Spirit that has come in it. Is inspired with the Spirit and it is expiring the Spirit, the life of God, into the readers. And for you and for me, and for you and for me, first reading was saying we have to be good stewards of the mysteries which we have received. You've received the Spirit of God. We won't be we won't be judged. We won't be judged by we won't be judged by uh, you know like God is not like a judge like he's like sitting there nitpicking our, our, our lives and our actions but what is coming out of you a tree is known by its fruit Jesus says what is coming out of me the breath which has come in me and so the final the last verse in the, in the reading this morning was saying for by your words you will be justified and by your words you will be condemned the words which come out of me the breath which comes out of me the spirit which comes out of me that's what it's about. So my plea to God, my plea to God for you and for me is that we would search with all of our hearts for God. And once we've found Him, we would hold on to Him hand, tooth, and nail that everything that flows out of us might be from Him. What is your greatest fear? What do you fear most? Losing your job, losing your health, losing a loved one, losing... What do you fear most? Ought not my communion and your communion be with God to take that first place? Let us pray today. 
Let us pray now. Lord, fill me with your fear. In the, in the litanies of the sixth hour prayer, in the, in the, in the Iqbaya, it says, the Arabic is so much more beautiful. It says, as you were nailed with the nails of the cross on the Lord, nail my flesh with your fears. Like, like you know, if you, if, you, if, you, if you hammer in a nail, you know, if you hammer in a, a nail, you can hammer it in so that it holds two things so tight to each other. Saying, glue me, Lord. Like, adhere me. Uh, affix me. Adjoin me. Attach me. To you, to the fear of you. Put it in my flesh, in my bones. Make it, make it, Lord, everything to me that I've found you, and now I will never let you go. Glory be to God forever and ever. Amen. I have sinned. Forgive me, my fathers and mothers and brothers and sisters. Please pray for me.